Welcome to When I'm in Charge, That'll Be Different. I am business mentor and life coach, Karen Gillen, and I am so excited to share with you the conversation ahead. Pretty much my favorite thing when things just kind of come together organically. That's exactly how today's episode came together. Savannah was like, I want to know all the things. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds hard for me to figure out. And so I just invited her to come and ask me whatever questions she wanted to. And I got to tell you, I could have been really nervous, but I was actually really excited because Savannah's just somebody who shows up with such genuine excitement and curiosity. And she has like this like zest for learning and knowledge and just wants to really experience everything. I think, you know, I'm, if you don't know this already, I'm fairly calm. Like I don't get too excited about anything, but I, I really gravitate towards people like Savannah because she clearly gets excited. And I loved doing this episode and I tell you a bunch of stuff that I don't ever talk about out loud because she asks and she's curious. And now you get to know too. You get to see behind the scenes of the failures and the trials and the flops and the thinking in my business. And it was such a delight to have her run the episode. Let's take a listen. Okay, so today we are, <laughs> we're having a tables turning episode. I have Savannah here and I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a second. But she asked me one day, hey, could you ever like kind of tell us about all your failures? <laughs> and I was like, that's a great idea. And then I sat with it for a while and I was like, I'm not going to be able to remember them. I'm not going to say what she's hoping. And I was like, you know what? If we got on a podcast and I just let her ask me any questions, I think it would be more organic and be more helpful rather than me trying to make up what somebody might find interesting. So Savannah has graciously come up with some questions for me and she will be interviewing me on the podcast today. So Savannah, will you tell us who you are in your words? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. My name is Savannah Schiavo. I am a life and confidence coach, primarily working with entrepreneurs. I work one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs to help them create and run and grow businesses. And for the entrepreneurs that work with me, they tend to know that confidence is a missing piece to helping them really grow their business. So I help them grow their confidence in themselves, their expertise, their offer, their voice, and being seen in a really big way so that they can really grow their businesses. Nice. And you're coming at this from, you're a coach now, but you also had more of a brick and mortar kind of thing before, right? What'd you do before? Yeah. So I, um, it wasn't brick and mortar. It was an online clothing company. That was a business that I ran a couple of years ago. and. The podcast that we're about to do, I know would have been good for me to hear because I was terrified of failure. I, I hadn't normalized failure and all the, the, the big emotions that come with putting yourself out there and trying new things and being rejected and, and failing. So I'm so excited to talk to you about this because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people 
need to hear what we're about to, to talk about. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Okay. I have no idea what the questions are, but I think Savannah is uniquely suited to do this because she is a full spectrum, wholehearted human and talking anything emotion with her, I think is going to be really fun. So let's do it. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about what I wanted to ask you first, and I have a bunch of questions, but my first question is talking about failure. And again, I'm, I, I ask this because I think it's super important to normalize failure and to come back and remind ourselves that you can be incredibly successful and you will be incredibly successful and failure will be, will be a part of that journey. So my question for you is, what is a failure of yours that ultimately helped you change your business or self in a positive way or a surprisingly positive way? Mm, yeah. The first one that comes to mind, there's been many, I'm sure, but what first comes to mind is when I recently hired a marketing agency to run ads to my course. And basically like, I'm just going to hire a pro. I'm going to go to the best people I know who do this. And I'm going to do everything they say, which is oftentimes how I approach things. Like if I'm going to go sign up for something, I'm going to be like, I'm going to go all in and see what happens. And I had, you know, they had a 90 day contract and I thought that was going to be a really good amount of time to see like how this works. And my assumption was because I'm hiring the best and they're expensive, um, I'm going to get a really good result. And I did, but it wasn't the result that I thought it would be. So I spent $25,000 on Facebook ads and the marketing agency. I think combined, it was about that much. And I made zero sales. But what I was able to do, because I was willing, I went all in, I tried every single thing they said, I ran the webinar the way they said, I wrote the kind of copy, I tried little video ads, I did all these things. We did it really quickly and we did it with a fire hose because they had an ad spend for me that I would have never tried doing on a small scale myself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what became really clear because there were zero sales is this is not the way to sell the thing, or this is not the thing to sell. And I think the answer was probably yes to both of those. Like, it's not quite right. And for me, what I have historically seen again and again, and this landed this knowing in me firmly, is if it doesn't feel like an energetic hell yes, the thing that I'm offering, no one will buy it. So if I'm a little bit out, I might as well not even show up because um, nobody else will either. And I don't know if it's the same for everybody. I don't think it is <laughs> because of what I see being sold in all different industries. But for me, it's just like, I'm just either I'm in or I'm out. And there's no amount of money I can throw at something that will change that for me. Like that's just like this, this thing that happens and, and that's going to be true for me because it always has been. So I think I listened to that more strongly now because I paid so much to learn that lesson in such a big way. And I'm happy I did it. I got, um, you know, my list size, I think tripled. And the majority of the people who joined my list in that process have stuck around. I haven't seen them purchase anything yet. I don't think but it was a really good, really big, fun fail 
for a lot of reasons. That, I'm so glad you talked about this one because I had told Karin, she had told me this previously, and I was like, I wrote this down, like this story of Karin's down as a reminder that you can grow and bloom and blossom and have a $25,000 fail. Yeah. And that's, it's all possible. Mm -hmm. Karin, can I ask what, when you say you're in and out, right? When you're like, can you just paint a picture of what that looks like? Right. Because I think sometimes we get scared or we're doubting and we think that means we're out Mm -hmm. versus like, what is it? How do you know when you're in or out on something that you're putting out into the world? It's a good question. It's not an emotion of fear. It's more of a knowing. And I think most of the time I access it in my body. So it's not like I'm pushing myself out there and doing something new and working really hard and I'm tired and scared and I don't want to be seen in this new bigger way. It's not like that kind of external fear stuff. It's more of a like, underneath of underneath of what's there, there's this part of me that knows that this isn't quite right. Um, An example is the last time, the last round of group coaching that I sold, well, when this comes out, it'll be two rounds ago. I I wrote this whole like series of emails and they were going to go for the whole month and I was getting consults and I had all this stuff lined up. It was all programmed in. It was inactive campaign, ready to roll, done. I just had to sit there and let it keep going. And I knew that everyone who was coming was in and that I should stop the emails. And I didn't do it. And I was like, I don't like that. Like, I didn't like that I didn't listen to what I knew was true. And I just think the more times that I step on my own knowing, the stronger it gets. It's the same thing with the Facebook ad story. It's like, There's just like, once you know the truth for yourself, there's no amount of self-coaching I could have done or reconfiguring the emails I could have done. Like there's just times where I just know. And it feels, um, I think for me, and this could be different for all of us just based on who we are and how we show up energetically. Um, but it's like, I know I get these really clear, like we're done or this is the thing or whatever it is. And then it's what happens after that. Am I going into fear, anxiousness, um, disbelief, whatever it is after the clear knowing has come in. And so I have to work hard to believe what came first, believe that first kind of nudge. And if you know about human design, this is a part of my human design. I'm a projector. Like I get really clear. I think it's called splenic knowing. And it's just like, I'm a yes or I'm a no. And then we move on. And I have to deal with what are the emotions that are coming up after I'm a clear no. Like that's where I have to work on emotion. I feel like you're so good at honoring this part of you that says like, hey, this isn't a fit or this is a fit. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's such a skill to develop. Would you say that's a skill? It's absolutely a skill to develop and a muscle that can get stronger. And I I think it's one where we've so often been trained to take ourselves out of it, especially as women. Like 
we've been trained to make sure we take care of everyone around us. And sometimes that means ignore what's happening for you to make sure that everyone else in the room is okay or taken care of or has enough or whatever. It's this kind of caretaker stuff, which is really nice if it's not, you know, at the detriment of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well that your answer to that question might also be the answer to my next question, but you get to approach this question however you want. But I was wondering what for you is one of your, one of the things that you've invested in or, um, you know, gone forward with and either failed at or didn't get the result you want that was maybe the most expensive or the most scary to go forward with? And like, what did that look like? What did you learn from it? What comes to mind? Mm. A number of things come to mind. One is just about investing in general. It was like probably four years ago somebody launched something and they launched like the kind of do-it-yourself version that's cheaper than the guided version. And I knew I didn't need the the full thing, but I also knew I wanted to learn from her. And so I bought it. It was like 500 bucks. Just, I was like, I just want to have this thing. It was total shiny object. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I got in there and I was like, there's zero reason. I think at the time I had a wait list and it was some sort of like sales thing. There was zero reason for me to do it. I don't know, like, (laughs) I'm still sort of like, why did that happen? And I think it happened so that I would know what it felt like to invest in a course that I never used because I have so many clients who come in and they're still in recovery from (laughs) investing in so many courses that maybe they're not even through module one. I did the same thing with B-School. It's $2,000. I did it probably seven years ago. I am still not done with module one. At the time, $2,000 when I had barely, I had no business at all, it was huge. And for me, that was like, this is the thing that's going to change everything. That was my thought about it. And I didn't even have enough figured out to like get through module one. Okay. This is such a good one. I am so glad that's your answer because you've spoken about this. What do you think when you invest in something like that in the courses or learning or, you know, a a coach that it didn't, that maybe you didn't um, jive with or whatever. What do you think is the lesson that people can take from that experience? And, and like, how is it still, how could it still be um, worth it or, or give you something in return, even if you don't go to module six and finish the whole thing? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I picked up from Seth Godin that I love is he talks about the second the purchase was made, that served the version of you who clicked the buy now button. That served the version of the business owner that you were in that moment and nothing else has to happen. He talks about like, oftentimes what we'll do when we make investments is we'll be like, now I have to go back and finish. So like, if I were to go back now and put, 60 hours in to finishing B school. Is that a good use of my time? I would just be serving that part of me that thinks like, otherwise it's a waste of money. But what I would be missing out on in, in revenue creation in the business that I have now with those 60 hours is worth way more. 
So I think once I figured out, like, I can just like say thank you to the version of me who did that thing. It must have needed to happen. Here I am now. And I'm not going to force myself to go back through just because I spent some money on it. That is so good. And I know that there are people that need to hear this and they're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, I think that is, I think for especially the ones of those of us who are really good students, there is a dedication to finishing things. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part is the FOMO of we don't want to miss out and we put our money here and we should go do it. We're trying to be good students. We don't want to miss this. And I think I love that that comes back to your your answer of the first question I asked you, which is like figuring out what honors you now and who you are now instead of doing things from really ultimately like a should place, right? Yeah. Well, I invested in myself in this way, like I should do this or that or the other thing. I think it's like give yourself a fresh start. So cut your losses and ask. I like the question of like, if I were going to restart right now, what's the What's the decision that I would make? I would never buy B-School today, so I should never put my time back into it right now. I would never buy that sales program again, so I should not be back in there right now. But who I am today, where I am with what I have access to, what's the actual need? What's the skill I need to develop? What's the part of me that I need to bolster? Like That's what I need to do moving forward. I do not need to spend any more energy, money, or time on a decision that I made in the past just because I made it. Okay. This is, this is perfect for my next question. This is going so, you're just going right into all my questions. (laughs) You're very prepared. This is, of course, good student over here. This is what I'll, I I think is really fascinating. And I've definitely seen this tendency in myself and and I, I know you've seen it with the coaches and entrepreneurs you've worked with, I'm sure, is we do something and just like in programs we've invested in or whatever, we do something and then we're committed to doing those things. But the same is true in our business. We like have a way of doing things or we have something we put out into the world and we're like, I've got to keep doing this because I've prepared it or it was working or it is working. So what is something for you that you were really committed to in your business? And you can take this as, you know, a program or an offering or just a way you did things. What's something you were really committed to in your business that you had to pull the plug on or decide to change on? And why did you do it? We could talk about the book I wrote. <laughs> yes, did you, please. Did you even know I have a book? I did not know that. No. See, I pulled the plug. So... I went um, through the book writing process with Angela Loria. She has the author incubator and it was amazing. It was something I always wanted to do. I finally had an organized enough brain and system to go write about something. And I got like, I got the whole experience that I wanted. I had a toddler, I think she was like 18 months ish. I was getting up at 5am before I went to my job, job, (laughs) someone where I worked for somebody else. And so like, I lost a lot of sleep to create this thing. I learned a lot to create this thing. I did something I'd always wanted to do, but it's, you know, it's not a book that I would ever write again. It's not a book that I market. It's 
it's like just one thing that costs so much time and energy and, and taught me a lot and it's gone. It's done. Why? Why did you decide to not keep pushing that out into the world and, and talking about it? Well, for one, it's about weight loss, which was a number of niches ago. Two, it was an experiment. And one of the things that, you know, in hindsight, I can see this, but I didn't know at the time was the reason I kind of niched the way that I did is I really love business. I love the how, I love the strategy, I love talking about business, I love everything about it. And what I was doing was I was practicing all these ways and I was learning all these things and I was seeing all the different ways you can do it. I used my weight loss coaching business as a way to learn a ton about being in business, but it was the business part that was always the joy. It was never about the weight loss for me. And I had lots of weight loss clients. I like, we did some really great work, but what I was always doing was getting to where I am now. Mm. And this is leadership, right? Like we're leading our businesses. I led myself through that process so that when I got here, like I know so much more about being in business because I've been in many of them than if I just would have come straight out of the gate and been a coach for people in business. Like I've done, I've, I've created multiple six figure business online that has nothing to do with being a business coach. And that helped you. That's so good. That helped you create here. Okay. So for people listening, just one nugget here is that you can, like everything you're doing now is helping you become the future you as well. Mm -hmm. And you can put a lot of time and energy and create something and it doesn't have to stay with you forever, but know that like it's serving its purpose is this is what I'm hearing from that book is it, it served its purpose in a huge way, even though the book itself wasn't something that you've carried with you. You spent all this time and great energy working on it and it did amazing things, but those things weren't what maybe you would had planned when you first set out to write the book, which I think is Mm -hmm. so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many benefits, so much learning, so many, like even friendships made over the book, like the book did its job. I don't have to keep, if you listen to episode one of this podcast, Rob Cohen talks about like, you don't just buy one cow and then milk it till it dies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is so hilarious, but like I could take that book and just keep pounding the life out of it and trying to sell programs about it and making a video series about it and running ads to it. Like I could do that. I could try to just get every last drop of milk out of that cow, but I don't want to because what I know about me and what I know about us is that we are going to have new ideas. We are going to continue to grow and more is coming and there's always another turn in the river and like you can't even see it yet. None of us are done. Leave the book behind. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're calling this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that is so, so juicy and what so many of us need to hear because I think when we get in places or we can't see where, how this is all going to turn out. We're like, well, 
this has been a failure. And what I love about this podcast and really what we're talking about is how like failures have really been incredible steps towards success, which we always hear about. I love that you are showing that how, right? Like we could so call that book a failure or it could be this or it could be that, but it did exactly what it was here to do, which was help you become the coach and human you are now. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. I want to ask, and this is, I, I'm, I'm keeping this sort of open because I think you have so much wisdom, but what would you say to coaches and entrepreneurs who right now, as they're listening, are in the depths of self-doubt or shame and the misery of failure and learning? What would you want them to hear and know? Stop judging yourself for being in the thing you're in right now. So it's one thing to be, to feel shame and to feel those waves of shame and the heat spread across your body. It's another thing to feel that and think I shouldn't be feeling this. And the amount of suffering that layers on top of our lives, it's all about the judgment we have about what we're feeling right now. This is what, I mean, I think we all do. We feel terrible and then we judge ourselves for feeling terrible. So then we feel worse. But what if we didn't judge ourselves for how we felt? What if what if emotions were actually neutral? Yeah. Yeah. And you treat yourself in that way where you're just having an experience versus making it mean something further about you and going down mm-hmm. that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I think the growth edge for me is, and what I've gotten a lot of this year is like, I can be in this right now and trust that I'll come out on the other side. I think, you know, you you go through a different range of emotions enough times and then you're like, what I know is that I feel like this today and not much is going to happen, but I'm guessing within 36 hours, I'm going to feel like an entirely different person because I've seen it happen enough times and I've like survived it and watched it and it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. This is great. What my, my other question for you around this is... What do you do? And you can answer this in the sense that what do you like actually do or how do you talk to yourself? But what do you do when you feel like an absolute mess? You're in the drama of it all. You're like, you're in the struggle, riding the struggle bus. What does that look like for you? What do you do? Yeah. And I think we all get to, we all get to define what an absolute mess looks like for us. (laughs) And for me, it looks like total sloth mode. It's like, I just like, I'll just lay there and be like, I really want to be the person who wants to get up and go do stuff, but I totally don't. And I just, that's my mode of, of, I have to like hide away from stuff for a while. And there's something that happens behind the scenes that subconscious, it's like, everything's percolating, everything's reconfiguring and connecting in the ways that it needs to. It doesn't need me with my butt in my office chair scrolling Facebook, avoiding work to figure it out. Like Mm. I have to let myself go total sloth, Netflix, like whatever, and just let it happen. I just have to do it sometimes. That's something that you've really taught me is to work with yourself as a human, (laughs) you know, truly as a human. And 
I think in this work, we get taught how to, you know, keep going through, through any feeling, which is such an incredible skill set. And I've learned the incredible value, just giving yourself space when you're feeling it, when you need it and, and, Mm -hmm. and just honoring that part of you because you matter and you deserve space, right? Like when some, if, if one of our friends was struggling, we wouldn't try to get them seated, seated back down and getting back to work. Right. We'd be like, Hey, maybe you should take the time you need. And having that self-compassion to do that for yourself is, is truly a skill. And it's, I love that you share that. And I hope there's so much more discussion on this podcast about that. Mm -hmm. Good idea. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So when you think about the term failing your way to success, which we hear Mm -hmm. a lot about, and I think I, I think I really like that idea. Does that feel true to you? And what's been your experience of it? I think it, like, it sounds true and I get the saying, I understand it. And also I'm kind of just this perpetual optimist about everything like even failure fe- feels like that's exactly what was supposed to happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like is that failure then I like I guess it is but it's also like this is just the road we're on <laughs> so I think we're all going to experience it I think failure looks oftentimes so different than we think it will it's not like oh I just got crushed and I'm I'm down on the ground and everything sucks. It's like, no, because you always learn something and there's no way to get to the finish line where you either win or you lose and not have a whole bunch of things have happened that haven't changed you. So in some ways I'm like, what the heck is failure even? And in other ways I'm like, absolutely fail all the time. It's fantastic. You learn a ton. I mean, that's what exactly what you're talking about on this whole podcast is like, let me tell you what I learned when this happened or when I didn't do this or when I, so beautiful answer, beautiful answer right on for you. What do you think Karen is the emotion at this time in your life? And maybe at this level in your business that you find yourself wanting or needing to make more room for? The answers in the question is room, spaciousness. Mm. Um, you know, people say the thing that got you here won't get you where you're going. I think they're right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I know how to hustle. I know how to fill my calendar. I know how to sell. I know how to, I know how to do all that stuff. But what I need to know how to do now is how do I keep everything going and live a life worth living and, and talking about? I mean, it's sort of, I'm, you know, it's kind of like that existential crisis of like, what is it all for? Like we build up all this stuff, you know, and then we just drive around in cars and buy stuff and eat food. Like what, what is the point of all of this? It's like, you have, you have to love the process. And so for me, it's like, okay, I need to consider, for me, it's like one work day a month going and being on a mountain or like I can drive out to the ocean in one hour from here and having that be just as important as a day with six client meetings. 
Oh yeah. That's so good to hear and to think about because we don't think about spaciousness. You're so right. We get into the, we're good at what we know how to do. And if Mm -hmm. we've known how to hustle or how to work hard, we it's like, I'll just carry this with me. Yeah. And this is the leave the book behind (laughs) all over again. (laughs) Yeah. So question, like questioning everything and like, how do I really want to show up and questioning this thing that people say, like, no, really, if you work less, then you're a better coach for your clients. Part of my brain wants to be like, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> like then they get less of me, which is just ego baloney. So I'm like, well, what if that's true? Like, what if, what if I fuel myself on so many different levels that I'm a better coach than I've ever been? Isn't that better? Yeah. I think we got to find out. And, and I, you know, before I move on to the next question, I want to ask you when you talk about that, what do you mean when you say, because I think we're very addicted to working hard and that's what we think it needs to look like. What do you mean when you say working less and filling up those other parts of you? What does that look like? I think it's anywhere where you're like, here's what I noticed, like, when I lean in or I have a little bit of envy or I see a post of somebody like playing on the beach and I'm like, I want to do that. It's like, well then make it happen. Because if I don't get to put those things into my life, then nobody will be able to. Like I have, I'm okay. I need to fit the things in. Like if I'm longing for something as simple as like, oh, I want to be able to go on a hike like that. Like then I need to plan it and show up for it and honor the parts of me that want to be in nature are the parts of me that want to get to go to the coffee shop and journal on Thursday mornings, like whatever it is. I can afford to make time for all the things. It is a privilege. So how do I honor that? Yeah. I love that you are speaking to, it's so true. It's like, what is, you're doing all this work to create a life that you want and, and are you living it, right? Are you, Mm -hmm. We get to help people in these incredible ways. And how do we help ourselves? Mm -hmm. It's finding that. What a good answer. I was not expecting spaciousness to be the answer there. (laughs) Perfect. Good one. Really good one. Okay. Question for you for business owners who are resisting failing. Something I notice is we get really afraid to make investments in ourselves or to take steps particularly when they cost money. Now, I know we sort of talked about this, but when you, like, what would you say to a business owner who is afraid to move forward because they're afraid they could fail and spend a lot of money? And how do you move through those scary moments of investing in something when your brain is scared? Figure out, why you would do the investment and what you're deciding the return will be on the investment ahead of time. So I think in the coaching industry in particular, people are like, I got to make these huge investments so that I feel scared. That's how my business will grow. That's not how your business will grow. You need to make the right investment for you at the right time. Sometimes it feels scary, but we don't, Like we need to know why we're doing what we're doing and what am I committing to getting out of this for myself, no matter what. So if you're going to spend $10,000 with a coach, you need to know exactly how or believe that it is going to happen 
that you're going to turn it into a hundred thousand. Because I don't think we should invest with anybody who we can't see how I can 10 times this thing. I think another example, I was coaching someone this morning about hiring a VA. And what our brains do first is, I can't do that because we're thinking, I have to hire someone for 20 hours a week. Like, no, you don't. And they're not your employee. This is a contractor who could work for five to 10 hours per month in your business for $25 to $35 an hour. And if you're going to hire those 10 hours away and add on the 20 hours of procrastination for the 10 hours of tasks, those 30 extra hours that you have a month, those are revenue generating hours. And the revenue that we can generate is a lot more usually than $25 to $35 an hour. So every step you make can be about this is how this is going to increase my energy, increase my time, or increase my bottom line. And don't do anything that you can't see the math on that. If you're going to work out with a trainer, it's because you're going to get stronger because you're going to have more energy and feel more comfortable in your office chair when you are serving clients and feel better at the end of your day. That is an investment in how you feel throughout the day. That makes sense to me. But we don't just throw money around to throw money around just because we can, because it looks like that's what you do to become successful. That's not what you do. You make boss choices. Yeah. And no, and I think that's, those are two important pieces in there. Know why, right? Where are you headed with this work? And really love doing it. I really became someone who was just not going to make decisions from fear a few years ago. And that has been such a guiding light. Cause I can tell when, when I'm like, I got to do this or I've got to spend money on this. And that like is in any part of my life. I, it's a cue to go, Oh, where are we making this decision from versus mm -hmm. right. It's such a different experience making it from an empowered place versus a scared. I'm not enough place, which is mm -hmm. what we tend to do when we're in the drama of it, or we're feeling scared or, or doubting. Yeah. And the, you know, the image that comes to mind for me is like, who am I going to partner with for the next leg of the journey? Like, if you're going to come in and be a client and work with me, that's because we're going to walk shoulder to shoulder and like go through and partner on your business for six months or whatever. It's not, I'm going to go stand next to the pedestal I put somebody on and just look at them and think that I'm in proximity to somebody great. So that must mean good things for me. Mm. Who do you want to partner with? There are no pedestals. Yeah. Who are you going to let in and who's the person who you can grow with? Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Those are the questions I have for you today. Amazing. Thank you. Those were really good questions. Thank you. I'm so glad you answered them and you were beautifully honest to the, I know so many people are going to hear this and just feel less alone. And I think that's such a big part of this journey. That is Thank a big you. part. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I really appreciate you taking the time and showing up and being thoughtful with this. I think it is a gift to everybody. It was a gift to me to get to sit here and not have to come up with questions. <laughs> um, what I'd like to do so everyone gets to know you a little bit better is just ask our rapid fire questions at the end. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What's one thing that you don't travel without? 
mm, hairbrush. I have really long hair and I can't go a day without brushing this ridiculously long <laughs> shag of hair. It's straight, but it's super thick. So yeah. it's got to be the hairbrush. I love how everyone answers this question differently. I assume that it'll be the same at some point, but all different. I know. Now I'm really curious how they answered. Mm-hmm. What's a favorite restaurant experience you've had? Oh, I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, this is a hilarious one, but in, I used to live in Bolivia and there was a restaurant we visited in La Paz and, uh, which is a city in Bolivia. And you go into the restaurant and there are beautiful carvings on the wall as you get served your meal. And then when you get, when you look a little bit closer, um, all the carvings are penises <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> and it's like beautiful artwork, but it's all penises all over the wall in this restaurant in Bolivia. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. And it, it was a very memorable experience. Yeah, that's quite the ambiance. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. That's just shot into my brain. So perfect answer. Yeah. Um, I like to ask online entrepreneurs, especially, how do you link into your local community? Mm, that's so good. Um, for me, one of the biggest ways I, I really got to do that, which I'll admit has been... Um, affected due to COVID was I would go and meet people in casual coffee networking settings. So sometimes that was getting to just know what other people are doing at networking events and just get to meet them, like purely build new friendships with other entrepreneurs and business owners in my community. And sometimes that is meeting people online in my community and getting the chance to have coffee with them in person. Now, that's been sort of stifled, sort of, uh, from COVID, completely stifled. But I still get to do that by, as we all know, we've moved to more online communities. Um, I get to do that by connecting with people one-on-one -on -one or in group settings online in my community. So it's it's been really awesome because there's nothing like face to face I think that's mm -hmm. where I'm I'm my most fun honestly I'm just my most yeah. exuberant and I'm exuberant <laughs> online so yeah yes are you an extrovert yes yes that's what <laughs> yes. I was thinking <laughs> okay confidently can say that what's a book that you've loved or really found yourself in recently oh a book I've loved Part of me wants to say, oh, you know what it is? <laughs> a book I've loved. One of my favorite books is The Glass Castle. I think it's a honest, vulnerable, and incredibly capturing story. I don't um, see myself in that story, but I do love it. But I think a book that I, I connect to is Byron Katie's Loving What Is. I... Mm. You know, and the whole book, I don't even know if I would say it's the whole book because I, I, I think you really only need a couple pages of it. But some of those questions that she asks, and for listeners, if you're not familiar with this book, she asks four important questions that really help you go deep into the mindset work that you do. 
I, I thought they were so simple and so powerful that I remember being like, like I, you know, I was having drama at some area in my life when I was reading this book and thinking there's nothing like there's nothing here. And it, it just sort of made things evaporate for me while I was reading this book. And I know I've, I found a good one when that happens, when something, mm-hmm. when there's like a shift while you're reading, that was one that comes to mind. I love it. I like too. that's a book for me where when I first picked it up, like 11 years ago, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't get into it. And then it yep. was, I picked it up again and I was like, this lady's great. You know, it's like, who are we when we read the thing we read? It makes a whole <laughs> different book. <laughs> that is exactly my experience with it. At first I was like, this is woo. What is this? This is not for me. And then I kind of got to this point where I, I picked it up again and I was like, oh, and I, I started to see myself in the page. And it, it was that. It was like who mm-hmm. I was at the time was ready to, to hear these words. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point. You know, we like follow people. We have teachers we follow, coaches we follow. There are times where they are like, it's everything. And then there are times where we're done and we move on. And maybe we come back and maybe we don't. But I want to normalize like you don't like finding teachers, loving teachers, and then moving on from teachers because you got what you came for. Yeah. Same yeah. goes for tools. Same goes for um, learnings. You know, we talked about programs. We like, we get to take from what we receive and, and let the rest go when it feels mm-hmm. right to let it go. And that is not an easy thing to do and, and, or an easy lesson to, mm-hmm. to learn, but there's a lot of freedom there, I think. Yeah. And there's so much out there. What is a myth that other people believe about you that you let them keep? Oh, I don't know if it's a myth. That's such a good question. I don't know if it's a myth, but here's, here's one thing that I, that comes to mind is that like, you know, that I have it all together all the time. Right. And I think my, my close friends know me, but I do confidence work with people. And I think from the outside for as much as I, I try and really share what's the, the honest truth, I think it looks like everything is always amazing and that I've got it together even when it's hard. And I think I, I, I hope people get to see that I am fully a human with very big emotions and that truly living a fully human life in the sense that it is an amazing life and I, and I'm doing amazing things and it's hard and I feel all the feelings and you can do, you can have all of that and still love life and be greatly successful and that we're all, no matter how you show up in the world or what someone looks like, they're all living the fully human life as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a myth, but I, I do hope it's something that people get to know about me, especially because I do confidence work. Yeah. And I don't want the myth to ever be that you are supposed to feel good all the time or have it all together. And that's, that's your, your truth. It's like, that's just not real. <laughs> So is, is confidence an emotion that we can take with us through quote unquote positive emotions like happiness, whatever, and also be confidently in shame and grief and wherever else we are? 
Yeah, I think something that, you know, it, calling it confidence might sound a little um, almost confusing, but I think there is an incredible amount of confidence that we get when we are able to be with ourselves through emotions like shame and anxiety and pain and hurt and sadness and guilt. We spend so much time trying to get away from those or to avoid those feelings from happening that when we're willing to go through them, not judge ourselves, not beat ourselves up and be with them and open up to them, I think the level of of self-confidence that we get is enormous because, you know, we, we go forward into our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that it can be like a builder of the things. Yeah. Okay. So last question for you is what is a dream night for you? Ooh, a dream night. I think a dream night is being at home with my partner. I have a a fiance, a partner of 12 years or yeah, 12 years now (laughs) and our newly adopted foster, foster dog and just staying home, making an amazing meal together, staying home, watching a very probably nineties movie that I've seen seven times and (laughs) having the evening to ourselves and just like getting to be together and veg out that that is that's like the Friday night of Friday nights the best (laughs) I love it okay so if people want to find you where can we find you and of course we'll link these in the show notes but let's hear it yeah so my website is confidencewithsavannah.com savannah is spelled s-a-v-a-n-n-a you can also find me on Facebook and I run a Facebook community called Grow Your Confidence, Grow Your Business. So you're welcome to come in there and learn with other entrepreneurs on how to grow your confidence so you can grow your business. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for volunteering. Like this is this is outside of the norm of usual client duties, right? But it was so fun and such a delight to have you um, helping me show people like who we are in a different way. I love it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I want to also remind you that all of the links that I ever mentioned on the show can be found in the show notes. And if you ever want to hang out and have a little more fun, join me at the playground, the free Facebook group for coaches. Do you want to know the most fun way to make your next 10 K in your coaching practice? I thought so. Go ahead and go to the show notes, click the link to grab my course, which is my entire business brain for coaches to make multiple six figures. You can get it all right now for $197. It is my gift to you. It was a labor of love and I hope you'll go grab it right now.